Investor intelligence provides general information only. You should consider seeking independent advice to see how this information relates to your unique circumstances. Please refer to the terms and conditions available at investorintelligence.com.au for more. Welcome back to another episode of Investor Intelligence, brought to you by the team at The Property Mentors. It's your weekly podcast for all things investment. My name is Phoebe Sikowski-Wallace and joining me today is someone I'm very excited to finally have back and that is our powerhouse Director of Property Management, Renee Whitehouse. Welcome back, Renee. Thank you so much, Phoebe. Glad to be here. I know it's been a while. Now, I love all of our episodes, um, but I'm especially excited to talk to you today again because as our name states, we talk a lot about investment on this podcast, which is great, especially for people who are starting out, um, myself included. I've certainly started and am new to my journey into becoming a property investor. However, what I'm not new to and what a lot of people are not new to is renting. And so I've been renting for almost 10 years now, and this is why I really enjoy these episodes with yourself and also Rachel, who's our amazing assistant property manager, because I always learn something new about my current situation as a renter, because like many others, so many still have no idea of common processes, you know, their rights when it comes to renting and how property management works in general. Would you agree? I would totally agree with that. Yes. Yeah. And from a rental provider's perspective, there's also many people who don't know how certain processes work. And it's exactly why you would have a property manager on your side, you know, in order to basically keep up to date with the rules and the new legislations to then pass that info onto them. Correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So today, Renee, we're talking about breaking the lease and what that means. So to get us started, what, what does that involve? What does breaking your lease involve? So breaking your lease essentially comes from the renter's side. So like you said before, you're, you've been renting for 10 years. You may look at buying something to invest in or you may look at buying something to move into. If you were looking to buy something to move into and you have a lease in place and you've got, um, you've just signed a 12 month lease, you want to vacate in a few months' time due to settlement times and whatnot with your new purchase, you would have to break your lease. Mm. So, what that means is that you'd contact your property manager, discuss what that is, um, what in, what's involved in that process with them, how you can start the process with advertising and all the fees that are associated with it because it's with a break lease there are fees associated it's stipulated in the renter's lease agreement what those fees are and it may differ from agency to agency but what it means is that we ask our renters to sign a break lease acknowledgement form which shows what their obligations are in terms of uh, us allowing uh, allowing us for, to come through for inspections. They have to sign off on the fees and knowing what they need to pay. They 
essentially have to pay rent up until the day before a new tenant's lease is due to start. So um, it's in the renter's best interests to keep the property in really good condition when we come through and do those open for inspections to try and find a new renter. Um, they have to be cooperative and obviously there has to be good communication between all parties involved with that process. And then once we secure a new renter, obviously the owners involved with that process making and approving that application, um, that we need to then arrange for the final inspection to be conducted with the renter keys need to be returned and then we can refund their bond if everything's okay. But that process um, is heavily involved because obviously, yeah, all the open for inspections that we need to do, we need to do the application processing, the lease documentation um, and then the vacating and condition report. So Mm -hmm. there are fees associated with that. Mm. And just before we get into those fees, so the process of of, – you know, breaking the lease is very different to say, just to, to be clear, a, a lease transfer, isn't it? Yes. So a lease transfer, just say you've got a couple of people living in a house, one wants to move out, but they've found somebody to replace them or someone else to move in. Um, a lease transfer is pretty easy in the sense that that person who would be moving in would just need to fill out an application form for us to process. We would still advise the owner and have that conversation with them about, you know, what's happened and if they're okay for that person to take over. Mm-hmm. And there's a tenancy transfer form that would need to be signed. Um, and then also the bond would need to be transferred. So the bond authority don't actually do refunds mid-tenancy. So the person who's vacating they get their bond money back from the person who's moving in. Mm. So as long as that person who's moving in is happy with the condition of the property and the the room that they're going to be living in or taking over, um, then it would just be a straight swap of money. But if yeah. there were any issues, I would always stress to the person moving in that they need to have a look at the condition report that was provided at the start of the tenancy to the um, to the renters um, and then raise any of those concerns with them. Right, because if you move out as the some, as someone taking over the lease and you don't do a proper, you know, conditions report, if when you all move out and yes. there are issues with the property, you're yes. responsible for them. That goes Correct. on to your name. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I've experienced that many times. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. I've I've heard, yeah, I've heard some really terrible stories, and it's a shame that property managers weren't informing the the renters at the time mm. of what to look out for. But it's very, very important because it is a it's a a big process just to move house in general, and sometimes you just want to get in there. Sometimes you just like want it to be over and done with. So it is easy to miss those, you know, totally little things with the house that you didn't do. But exactly. once once you sign that that lease transfer, yeah, it's yeah, that's a that's a great point to make. But I just yeah. want to go back because so so who can break the lease? So the rental provider, or is it just the renter? And you know, do the rules change depending on who broke the lease? Because I think this is something that people get really confused with. Yes. So it's the renter that has to break the lease. The residential rental provider cannot break the lease unless it's by mutual agreement with all parties. So to give you an example, if 
an owner wants to move in or they want to sell the property with little notice due to whatever circumstances that is extreme that's causing them to want to do this process so quickly, we could have a conversation with the renter and say, hey, this is the owner's situation. Would you be willing to move out because of this? And there may be compensation involved that the owner would be willing to give them because of the inconvenience and whatnot. Mm. But essentially the the rental provider cannot ask the tenant to break the lease. It's the renter who breaks their lease. Yeah, okay. So if the renter doesn't agree, then the rental provider can't do anything. Yes. If they can only not renew when the lease is... That's correct. Yeah, okay. Some property managers are tasked with more than 200 properties each. That's just 12 minutes a week where they might think about your investment. At The Property Mentors, we know that you've invested a lot of hard-earned money in your property. It's only right that we spend the time on it that it really deserves. Our boutique property management service offers five-star property management for your Melbourne investment properties. With appropriate workloads on our managers and hundreds of happy owners and renters, we know you love the difference the property mentors can make. Visit thepropertymentors.com.au forward slash property management to find out more. So there seems to be like a lot of work involved there when it comes to to breaking a lease. So who's responsible for paying for that work to be done? You sort of mentioned fees before, maybe break those down. Okay, so it costs money to advertise the property and you aren't going to get somebody into the property if it's not online. Like 95% of our inquiries come from online advertising, whether it's realestate.com, domain, our website, and any other website that an agency chooses to use. Mm-hmm. But we've found the REA and domain are the most common with um, the level of inquiry that comes through the door. So it costs us to put those ads online. So that fee gets directly passed on to the renter because when the property was leased in the first instance, we charged the residential rental provider that same exact fee. So the renter pays for the full advertising cost. There is also the lease break cost. So when we, again, when we lease the property initially, the residential renter provider gets charged a leasing fee and that fee uh, is two weeks rent plus GST. So if a tenant, for example, has six months left on their lease agreement, they the pro rata portion of the leasing fee is one week's rent. Okay. So one week's rent plus GST. So we then on charge that fee to the renter and then the other half of that fee gets charged to the owner because at the end of the day, we're going to, when we lease the property again, we're going to sign another 12-month lease. So there's still six months left on top of what the other tenant's lease was that the owner has to then pay for. Mm-mm. Okay, that all makes sense. And yeah. Is there is there any rules around how long leases can be for? Is it always just, is a year a maximum or is it because I know you can go month to month, you can go a year, you can even do something like six months, but is there kind of a maximum on lease uh, durations? 
With the new legislation that came out in March last year, they put into place a five-year lease. You can do whatever lease term you want, as long as all parties agree. But um, five-year leases actually have a slightly different set of rules associated with it, which we can go into in another podcast. Mm. Um, But the standard sort of across the board uh, is 12 months. Yeah. So... I would not usually advise an owner to sign on somebody new for more than a 12-month period when they first move in because you're not sure if they're going to fit into the property, there could be issues or they could love it. And then at the end of that time, we would be happy to offer them maybe another 12, 18-month, two-year lease depending on everybody's circumstances and if everyone mutually agrees. But, yeah, 12 months is generally pretty standard unless it's stated otherwise in the advertising yeah I think that's reasonable and like the owner's uh, circumstances might change they might want to move into it and exactly if, yeah if they if not all parties agree on wanting them wanting to break the lease earlier then that's just too bad yeah I think 12 yes. months is very reasonable so what is the process if a renter actually does decide to break their lease step by step what happens So we ask them to, usually someone would would call me and let me know their situation or they'd shoot through an email. Um, I would then ask them to complete the break lease paperwork and I would email that for them to sign and return back, acknowledging those fees and they need to provide me their vacating date so that when we do advertise the property, we can put that date online. I would also then have a conversation with the owner to advise them of what's happening with um, with advertising the property, if, for example, the tenant's rent is $400 a week, we have to advertise the property at that rent. We can't advertise it at a higher rent because in the terminology of the Residential Tenancies Act, we have to be seen to be mitigating the tenant's loss. And for us, advertising the property at $450 a week, it's not mitigating the tenant's loss. So we need to try and find somebody as quickly as we can to move in, but also at the same time trying to find the right person. So once the tenant has acknowledged and signed that paperwork, I've advised the owner, we can then get the property online and then we arrange for uh, inspections to be held with the renter's you know, approval of days and times and whatnot. And I would also have that conversation that they need to make sure that the property is presented well, which will then hopefully entice people to make an application. Yeah, okay. So I think from a renter's point of view, it's really important to to realise that it is a long process and it's not just, oh, we want to move out, you just get anyone in. Oh, yeah. And you want the um, rental provider to have someone decent in the house who's going to look after the house and you've got exactly. to realise that they might be losing out on rent. So there is a long process. So I think yes. from from a renter's perspective, that's really, really good to know. Yeah. And so once we've um, started doing those open for inspections and then we receive um, some applications, we'll put those forward to the owner after we've done our processing and reference checks. Once one is approved, we will get them to sign off on the lease agreement and then we'll advise the person who's breaking their lease of the time frame so that they know exactly when they need to pay the rent to, which is the day before the new lease starts. I can arrange with them for me to come through and collect the keys and do the final inspection and we can um, discuss their bond if if it's all if the inspection's all good and there's no dramas and we can refund their bond straight away as long as all the fees are paid and their rent is paid up to on time. Um, but if there's any maintenance or cleaning or damage that has been caused by 
the renter moving out, then we can discuss that with them then. Yeah, yeah. And then, the, and then that may delay their bond being refunded. Yeah, so all good stuff to keep into consideration. Yeah. So, Renee, to finish off, do you have any advice for people or for rental providers or the renters who are thinking about breaking their lease? Uh, everyone's circumstances vary and people break their leases for all different reasons, whether it's their purchase of property or they're moving into state for a job or a relationship breakdown. Like life happens to all of us. I think it's just important to be aware of what the costs are, be willing to be cooperative with your, with your property manager, um, be a little bit flexible and uh, take their advice on board. Yep. I think that's fantastic. So it's always fascinating to learn this stuff because, again, after 10 years you'd think that I'd be all over this, but <laughs> things things change. I'm still not around it. Um, but I hope that clears up a few things for a lot of people, both from a rental provider and a renter's perspective because, again, it just seems like it's just so easy to miss things. Um, but, Renee, thank you so much for your time today. I look forward to having you back on again soon. Thanks for having me. If you found this episode or any of our episodes helpful, please make sure to share and leave a rating to help us reach more people on their investing journeys. And of course, subscribe to be notified when new episodes drop. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Investor Intelligence Podcast. You can find links to our other socials in the show notes, including a link to the Property Mentors weekly blog. If you're ready to get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom, check out Luke's latest book, Property Fit. You can get yourself a copy at www.propertyfitbook.com.au.